hello you. This is Good Darts. It's the Darts podcast. The Darts might be good, the podcast might not. We can't really guarantee it. But we have got some decent stuff for you this week. Uh, we're talking to Joe Cullen, the man whose time I've been steadfastly insisting will come. In fact, I've insisted it's already here quite a few times, despite it not actually being. We're looking ahead to the Masters as well. Uh, we're making our PDC picks for the top half of that draw. Uh, we are, as always, brought to you by our friends at Low Six. And I am joined, not as always, but as usual, by Wayne Mardle, a man who taught his dog, Gimme Five. That was impressive. I saw that on social media, Wayne. <laughs> uh, do you know what, Dad? It was one of those, we're sitting at the table. This is going to sound ridiculous. We were sitting at the table having a coffee, me and Watson. and Because that's what we do. We, right. we sit at the Big the, fan of his coffee, the, is he? Yeah, yeah. I was drinking the coffee, but he watches me drink it. Cause he right, okay, all. yeah, yeah. Team my, effort, my, my dad my dad is doing something that, that I don't do. So what is it? I want a piece of it. Anyway, mm-hmm. long story short, I got up and, and uh, Donna happened to be filming him at, at that point. So I just went, give me five. And, and he did. I thought, what? what? What happened there? So I come back and said, give me five again. And Dan, no training whatsoever. The dog's a lunatic. I mean, your dog is is cooler than you. Your dog is like John Shaft, and you're like oh, he's, he's I don't know, cool. Rick Moranis. Ben like, Hill. Yeah, Ben Hill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's John Shaft, but ultimately he is shacked up with a retired darts player from Romford. Uh, but still, pretty cool. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier on today. Actually, has has a dog, not specifically Watson or Sherlock, but have you ever yeah. come across a dog? affecting a darts match like costing somebody a darts match or just getting involved uh you know that's that's quite interesting i i'm assuming right now we could appeal to to thousands here as in not not uh they're going to be uh uh liking what we're saying but i want to appeal to our listeners Mm. i'm sure then in all the pubs, in all the, the, the pub stroke club games that, that these our listeners have played in, surely there's been a league game where uh, there's there's been like the, the pub hound has, has like just meandered onto yeah. the hockey and tripped someone up or laid in front of, of the dartboard because it's warm where there's a radiator or something. That's definitely happened. I've yeah, at sure a crucial moment in a big game or something yeah. like that. But I mean, I, I I was thinking about this. It was actually watching Watson do the Gimme Five, and I was like, dogs in darts, dogs in darts. And I thought of one, and it came to me. Now, it happened at the Worlds. It's almost a decade ago. It's one of the first ones I ever worked at. Co Stompy, right, goes in right. as world number twenty three. I mean, it'll it'll come to you. This as I describe it. He's beaten Michael Smith in the first round. Then he goes back home for Christmas. And he comes back on, like, the 27th to play Terry Jenkins. But he was hampered by what happened over Christmas because he'd had a little Dutch get-together and a dog had bitten him on his throwing hand. So it was bandaged up. That rings a bell. Yeah, and he ended up losing 4-1 to Terry the Bull. But do you remember who owned the dog, Wayne? Uh... Was it Roland Shelton? No, no. Yeah, I mean, you're in the right no, area. In uh, it's Dutch and a sports yeah, person, but be. not darts. Oh, it was former uh, Netherlands international footballer Aaron Vinter. 84 caps, six goals. No. Two times a UEFA Cup winner with Ajax He's and Inter Milan. He, uh, midfield, sure he was yeah, a I think, winger. I think he was a more defensive. Right, okay, I mean, to be yeah, fair, yeah, yeah. six goals and eighty-four caps. He wasn't a very good winger, was he? But no, I think he was a defensive <laughs> midfielder. But he right, did okay. score the odd goal, right? So Aaron Vinter's dog bit Co Stompy on the throwing hand. Like, I swear, there is, there has got to be a feature in this like Aaron Vinter's dog about people losing games for ridiculous reasons. Wow! Because that wow. was the twenty twelve World Championship. And then it got me to it because I went and dug it. Oh, 2012 World Championship. And I think <laughs> that the 2012 World Championship might be the most mental darts tournament that has ever been hosted. Right? right. I'm not... I, I put it on I put it on uh, social media earlier on. At Good Darts Pod. Uh, I, if you saw check that. That out. I saw yeah. that. I saw that. 
and you had no idea what I was talking about. And I had a go. I said, "What's the most mental darts tournament that you guys have ever come across?" And there was a fair, you know, a fair few people suggesting various ones where there were, you know, incredible games of darts. I wasn't after that. I was after the mad stuff. I was after Dutch international footballers' dog kiboshes the hopes of a of an actual darts player. I, that, and, I vaguely remember him being bitten. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there was there was good ones, you know. You had the the UK Open behind closed doors, where you've got Mickey Mansell playing in a bobble hat, essentially, and nobody's there. And it was, you know, <laughs> I remember Vincent Van der Voort having to trek through the snow for a couple of miles from Ali Pali because it was it was horrendous conditions, and his taxi driver just said, "Nah, mate, you're on your own. I'm not getting through that." And he, he managed to just <laughs> make it in time and win his game in the first round, three 0 as well. But if I go through some of the mad stuff that happened at the 2012 World Championship, it'll all come flooding back to you. Right, so not only did we have Aaron Vinter's dog, we had Paul Nicholson, who claimed that Kim Hybrick's girlfriend was so fit that it cost him the game. You must remember that. I remember that. that. Ah, well, that was amazing. We were, doing, we were doing a spread on that. Me and, me and uh, Rod Studd were doing a spread on how many times the director from Sky Sports would show Dana... Uh, oh. During a Kim Hybrix game, and the higher or lower was higher or lower than thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it and, was it. He sort of had a point. Paul. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely incredible. But yeah, right. So there's two. Right, that was also the year where Steve Farmer has got 176 points, hits Brilliant. 180 and Brilliant. celebrates. Yeah, one of the best ones we've seen. Against uh, James we, Wade, that was. Against James Wade. Well, James Wade, it was also the year he made the semis and lost in Windgate with Adrian Lewis. We had Dennis Owen yes. turn up, play one set and then go home, because it was his, his back did him in. James Richardson had his debut Vindaloo walk-on and smashed Barney all over it. And it was the year that Jackpot, not only did he win... But in the very first round, he was two 0 down to Nigel Hayden, got stung by a wasp, yeah. and then came back and won it. It was just there was just loads of out, mad stuff. He took out ninety eight to save the match. I think I don't know. I remember that. I, I just remember that. Well, th- this of course, is I thing. might be wrong. Well, I, I've gone through <laughs> all that, and I thought that was absolutely. But there was just weird stuff happening left, right, and centre. And then I think to yeah. that year, and I think, oh, Adrian Lewis, Andy Hamilton final. It wasn't that good. It's the importance of a good final, isn't it? Because if you don't get a good final, it kind of tarnishes the whole tournament, no. even when loads of mad stuff's been going on. Yeah, it was one of the poorest finals, unfortunately. Yeah, but don't write averages on trophies, do they, Wayne? What's the poorest final no, you've been no, involved they... in? What's the worst final? Yeah. I've... I don't feel I've been involved in a good one, to be fair. I'll <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I'll I'll tell you what... Uh, this is not going back to probably my finest tournament win, but when I won the Dutch Open, mm. it was it it was against Mervyn King, and it was first to five sets. Well, after four sets, he walked off stage, and he said, "I'm not coming back. I've had enough of the crowd." So it was like Merv, Merv, you, you can do what you like. I, I I don't really care to be honest, mate. And he went, well, if it's essay you feel, I'm coming back. I was like, great, okay. Anyway, I, I beat him 5 0. So it, wow. it, but it was just weird. I see, and White was, I was going to say, uh, White was really poor then. White was rubbish then, was the fact that the crowd, because I played Barney and beaten him in the semi final, they, they now wanted me to win. And they, they literally, literally shouted, uh, against Mervyn for the duration of every single throw. And I wanted him to get off the stage. He wanted him to get off the stage. And the, the 3,000 Bayern Dutch people wanted him to get off the stage as well. It was horrendous. Amazing. It was horrendous. But, uh, yeah, I, I was glad it was over. I was, Amazing. Even hey, was look, Dutch Open. Moment. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Champion. That's all anyway, that matters. Rubbish final, Dan. Rubbish, rubbish final. final. There you go. Well, look, if anybody does like have any have any tales of, of tournaments that have just just mad stuff happened. And look, everybody knows games where people have come back from like 5-0 down and won it or whatever. I'm less interested in the darts. I'm more interested in just the weird stuff that goes on. If right. you've got anything that right. rivals Aaron Vinter's dog get involved and let us know on social media because we'll try and do something on it because that's the thing that really excites me. You mentioned Mervyn King, actually, uh, there, Wayne. We had Mervyn King on the on the podcast last week, of course. He is a man who is so darts 
I think he might actually be 80% tungsten himself. This week, <laughs> it's, it's a different case because you've got a man who's in the top 16 of the world. He was involved in one of the most extraordinary games at Ali Pali this Christmas. And yet when it comes to darts, he's a bit take it or leave it, to be honest. It's Joe Cullen and it is his time to talk to the Good Darts podcast. These are the questions that you should be asking. Welcome to the podcast, Joe Cullen, the rock star. Joe, thanks for joining us. And you are actually practising as we speak right now, which kind of preempts half the stuff I'm going to talk to you about. Uh, how are things? Yeah, good, mate, considering. Um, obviously, a decent-ish world. The Masters at the end of the month, so there's plenty to look forward to. Yeah, well, we'll certainly get on to those things. I mentioned the practice, which is why you can hear this thud of darts into a board in the background. Because let's be honest, Joe, over the last two, three years, it's it's about effort with you, isn't it? About how far you can go, because we've seen you do incredible things, and it's usually coincided with you putting the graft in. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fool to myself, to be honest. Um, over the years, I've been lazy at some points, and I've got into it and thought, oh, well pretty easy this actually but then I don't know it's, it's more of a mindset but I think my mindset's definitely changed over the last two three years well let's go way back then so when you first started when did you think that darts could actually be a thing for you because you are a man of, of you're a proper sport billy aren't you football yeah, yeah. snooker I mean was, was darts even top three in your list of sports when you were growing up no it's still not now to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I only play because it earns me a good living and I'm pretty good at it. But no, it's just growing up, everything was football. But then Wimbledon was on the TV. Me and my brother would get the tennis rackets out and go play on the street. Literally anything that was on, t even down to crown green balls, literally anything that's on, we'd sort of play. And you know, it never interested me in the fact that I, to take it seriously. But I think that's where I differ from a lot of, um, a lot of the other people similar to my age. A lot of them have had. So, you know, that youth county set up all the way through, people like Ricky Evans, Dave Pallet, and I, I never had that, you know, I think I played three games for Yorkshire Youth and it just, it just didn't do it for me. It was, it sort of had the, you know, the BDO sort of mentality, you know, that it was just going to be a hobby, which is fine if, if that's what you want from it. But I think sort of around 17, 18, I think I realised that I wanted a little bit more. Okay, so was that because you got more into darts because you loved it or was it just because other options were being closed off because by 17 18 you probably got a fair idea that you're not going to be playing center forward for man united right <laughs> yeah just about yeah but no it was it was obviously it's an aspiration as a youngster to be a professional footballer which which i'm sure it is for motion because i've got a 12 year old myself all he talks about is being a professional footballer which is natural but you know, there comes a stage when you've got to be sort of a realist. And don't get me wrong, I was I was a decent player. I played at a decent standard, but I was I was never going to make it. You know, so you need to look like down um, like different avenues. And darts was it was more by chance, to be honest, that I fell into it. I um I just played like pub darts when I was like 16 with my dad. You know, the darts and doms league and things like that. And uh, my dad entered me into a competition. To get through to, he, he well, he didn't even know what it was called. That's 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 what it was. He just said, "Oh yeah, go in, go in this, you'll be all right." And I went in it and I won the pub, and then I got through, put through to um to regional finals, which was uh, in Batley, I think it was, and it was for the UK Open. It was similar to the Riley's qualifiers that we have mm. now. Um, and I beat, I think I beat three players that I'd never heard of, but they were all sort of played or playing on the tour right. at the time. I'd never heard of him and I think I dropped I think I dropped three legs all day. And um like there's people like Scott Waits in the room, you know, there's big, big names and everyone was stood around watching me and I was thinking, you know, at that sort of age, it's not like seventeen year olds are now. They, you know, they've got so much right at the fingertips with the youth tour and things like that. You know, back when I was starting out there was none of that and there was all he was all around watching me and I'm thinking, you know, what's what's the fuss about? And obviously they, they were thinking, oh, this young lad's pretty good. And and yeah, I was got through to the TV and sort of never looked back from there. So at that point, when you started started off on that route <clears throat> and there was that uh, the abysmally named new kids on the hockey thing that you were involved <laughs> with and you reached the final of that, when you get involved in that, is this still like a part of you that goes... Oh, I'd rather be 
down the park kicking a ball about, or I'd rather be on a snooker table. Hundred percent. I'm still, I'm still like that now. <laughs> I'm a professional darts player. I'd much <laughs> rather go and you know have three hours in the snooker hall or have a game of five aside than you know stand like I'm now practicing. But it's just, that's just, that's just what it is. I think um, I think Mark Williams is similar. You know, he'd much rather stand at a dartboard rather than at a snooker table. Hmm. It's just I'm, I'm sure you'd rather be doing other things than interviewing mediocre dart players. Hey. There's nothing I would rather be doing than interviewing mediocre dart players, but I've got to put up with you, my man. Um, right, in terms of... You don't hear much about it, but there are, like, professional footballers who've gone through their entire careers and their teammates at the end of their career have gone, he don't actually... He, he don't even like football. He just does it because the money's good and it's a good... I think uh, Asu Ikoto, the old Tottenham player, David Batty oh, yeah, apparently yeah. used to be like that, and he played for England. So it, it can be done, even if you're not the most passionate about the sport, but it's got to be very, very difficult, hasn't it, to motivate yourself to put the hard yards in. Because, as you know, if you don't, you don't get what you could out of the game. Yeah, it's definitely a bit a bit more different now. Because, um, like I say, with the, the platforms that are available, like with the JDC and the Youth Tour and things like that, the youth coming up now are far better than the youth were when we were coming through. Do you know what I mean? Even, even though I came through with, like, sort of Van Gerwen and Michael Smith, they weren't playing at a standard like what some of the kids are now. The uh, the standard's just gone through the roof. So do you think it's getting harder to, you know, even just to tread water and be around the sort of top 16 where, where you are at the moment and have been for a while, to be fair? Yeah. It's, when I first started, there was... You could look around the room and you, you could probably handpick probably 20 players, 30 players maybe that you think, well, I won't mind in first round. you know what I mean? And you, like now, literally, there's not one easy draw. There's, there's favourable draws, but these so-called favourable draws, do you know what I mean? They've, they've turned the likes of Van Gerwen, the likes of Peter Wright over regularly at the Pro Tour. So the so-called favourable draw that people see isn't so favourable anymore. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's genuinely no easy draws. Does that has that changed the atmosphere in in ways? You know, I mean, you've been around the tour for a lot of of time now. I mean, more than a decade you've been playing PDC darts. Yeah. So you've seen things kind of change. Has it become has it has it become different? Has it become less of a laugh? Has it become more professional? Has it just changed? What what's your view on it? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's even so much as myself to be honest. You know, everyone used to have a laugh and then. Come twelve o'clock, everyone would get a little bit serious. Not not a hundred percent, but a little bit serious. But like now, it's there's no one having a laugh at all. With the darts connect, a lot of them play um, like cricket and things like that. You know, just to sort of do something rather than just throwing at a dartboard. Mm. But I think like me me personally, obviously I'm good mates with like Devon and Johnny and people like that. When we get to the venue, we'll probably get start get there for half nine on a normal pro tour talk nonsense for an hour do you know what I mean just have a laugh and then sort of you put a lot of people put their earphones in and then, then it is more serious so I think even I've taken that stance to an extent but I think I, th- I think if you stop having a laugh on the tour and it's just just business completely I, d- I think it'll make me a worse player to be honest mm, I mean that's that's an interesting one about you've, you've got to balance having fun with the game and actually taking it seriously and I, I think that's probably something that you've not Got quite right back when you the year you made the semi-finals of the European Championship, quarter-finals of the match play. You'd won a couple of pro tours as well. You had those under your belt. You kind of thought, "I've made this now. I've I've I'm, I'm a, I've arrived. I've I, I know how to do this now, didn't you?" And that kind of got a bit complacent. Yeah, complacent definitely. I um, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think that the year I think I won the two pro tours in the first two in 2017, and then the. Same as in the quarters came in 2018, and that that 2018 year, I knew that I could maybe, you know, good run at the world, and I could maybe get in the Premier League. And I, I sort of obsessed by it. It was, it was, it wasn't good, and I put that much pressure on myself to try have a good end of the year. You know, like the players in the worlds, and it just wasn't necessary. You just you just need to let things happen. And like I say, I, I think I obsessed about it a little bit. Yeah. Do you feel like you took a step backwards after that then? Because the following, sort of 12 months after that, when it looked like, oh, you got a platform there, he's going to go on and do all sorts. And then it just didn't really happen so much until till this last 12 months where you've started winning things again. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I... Um, 
I don't think I took a backwards step. I, I think I stood still. Mm. I think there was no no progression. Um, I think I struggled the first six months of the year, and then I seemed to find a little bit of form. Mm. Uh, obviously, I won the my first European tour, sort of out of the blue, and that that kicked that kick started the rest of the year for me. Obviously, the customer first round exit in the world, but we'll you know forget about that one. But, but yeah, this this year. I think the uh, the home tour helped me, which I didn't think it was. I didn't want to play in it, but I, I sort of spoke with my management and they said, you know, it, it's good to keep ticking over and things like that. But I, don't, I think the home tour helped me, and obviously back in the winner's circle this year with with a couple of titles as well, which is nice. It's got to be easier to enjoy being a darts pro with all the stuff that goes with it, all the work and the travel and being away from your family and all that stuff. It's got to be easier to enjoy that if you're winning and the plan is working and you're making good money because yeah there've been times when you've you've questioned that because if you if you're not the biggest you know you don't have the love of the game that say somebody like a Mervyn King does then you sacrifice a lot to be <laughs> I a darts player anyone has that love do they yeah <laughs> quite quite yeah <laughs> but yeah I, um, I, I i've seen sort of both ends of the spectrum when i first started out it was a choice between a job or darts it, i couldn't i couldn't do the both hand in hand so I chose darts, and you know I had a young son at the time. Uh, my wife worked, and she was she was bringing the majority of the money in. So I've I've, I've been sort of both ends. I've I've, I've been absolutely skint, but then obviously the last couple of years I've I've done all right, and I think I think I've invested my money okay as well, which is um, obviously a plan for the long term future as well. How how big a factor was that? Because how how young were you when you had your your lad? Was it is it Travis your oldest? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was seventeen when we got pregnant with him, and I was eighteen when he was born. So, I mean, so that's it was an enormous amount no, of pressure. No time to grow up at all. Yeah, yeah. And obviously we obviously didn't have a house that we bought by then. You know, we was renting, and there's, you know you know yourself. There's, there's bills. You've got to pay the bills. It's not an option. And like I said, there was there was a lot of pressure on me, but there was a lot of pressure on my wife as well. You know, she's she's sort of stuck by me through the through the thick and the thin. So, you know, she's been like a major part of of my progress, I suppose. You know, putting up with you know the rough and the smooth. So, what do you think you can get out of this game, then, Joe? Well, to be obviously, everyone wants to be world champion this year. It was a strange one. I, I, obviously, with the lockdown thing, there's restrictions and things. So I um, took my dad down with me down to Alipali. And this year is the first year that I believe I could win the world out of all the years I've played. Do you know, don't get me wrong, I've turned up and thought I could win them, but I believed mm. I was going to win it. It, it, was, it was a different feeling. And I think my performance has showed that as well. I was um, Obviously, the game with MVG... It, it was a great game, but I was I was gutted afterwards. I, I said to my dad, I said I could. It's the first time I could see myself lifting the trophy, you know, like in sort of like in your mind's eye sort of thing. I could I could see myself winning it, which is the first time I've had that feeling going to Ali Palace, regardless of the the horrible run that I've had. But it's the first time I've genuinely believed I could win it. Two match darts you had against MVG in that one. You had uh, match darts to beat Gary Anderson at the World Match Play as well. Do you feel? Yeah. Do you feel that the reactions to those two separate instances will be different? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, th I think I played all right after. Um, yeah, to be fair, you went to the Euro semi-final, but yeah, but you're, you yeah. you said yourself, your mindset then was like, well, I can do this. It's only a matter of time before it happens. Yeah, and you sort of tail off a little bit with the practice. Practice-wise, you think I'm in good form, so I don't need to practice as much, and it's it's not the case at all, but. Um, I don't know. Like I said, again, going back to speaking to my dad, I, he said, obviously, after the Van Gerwen game, you know, it was an amazing game, you know, all the usual nonsense. And I said to him, I said, it's all right being involved in these games, like the one with Van Gerwen and Gary. I said, but I've come out the wrong side on both of them. You know, I don't want to get that tag. You know, you're involved in these amazing games and you get all this interaction on Twitter and things like that. But at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm still the loser of the game. So I think that's something I need to put right. Unfinished business, then, Joe. And it is business because, we, as we know, you'd rather be down the snooker hall or playing five a side. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not open, so I've just got to make them the dark ball for now. <laughs>
right, Joe Cullen there. Darts players who'd rather be doing something else, Wayne. Probably not something you can sympathise with, I guess, because your your whole life has been around darts, hasn't it? It, it has, but I, I kind of get it. I get where he's coming from. It's the he said it's less fun, didn't he? Mm. And obviously, look, the the more the more professional the game becomes, everything around it becomes professional. That when there's more money, people become. Uh, more professional, more exposure, so that you need to be showing more professionalism uh, because you have sponsors, you have responsibilities. And do you know what? I, I really get what he's saying there. But me personally, I, I was kind of different. I loved playing. I just, uh, if I had ten minutes spare when I was a a player, so to speak, I, I would I would play darts. Joe Joe doesn't feel that, that he wants to do that. And let's be fair. There's a few of them like it, isn't there? Gary Anderson's always said that he doesn't really enjoy practicing, doesn't play uh, a great deal. Michael Van Gerwen, it's only recently that he's had, when I say recently, last couple of years, that mm. he's had a ball at home uh, because yeah. he felt he plays enough. Uh, Gedwin Price, he's he said recently that, and this is within the last week or so, that when the Premier League's on, uh, doesn't practice at all because of the tournaments and everything else that... It's just enough match practice. I, I really get where Joe's coming from, but but he kind of admitted, didn't he? He he needs to apply himself. Yeah, he needs to to work that little bit harder. I mean, before the interview, I sort of I, I drew a, a contrast between Mervyn King and Joe Cullen, but I think in consecutive weeks you can kind of see some similarities there. Where Merv has said, "Look, I, I love the game, but I realise that." You have to put the work in to get get stuff out of it, to achieve out of it. And yeah. Joe, I think, although he's an, obviously an incredibly talented natural sports person, whatever natural sports person means, but he's very good at lots yeah. of different sports. Um, but darts, yeah. he's a different level at. He still needs to put the work in to do it because, yeah. to be honest, he probably hasn't achieved what he should have done in the game so far, has he? No, do you know, I, I agree. I think his, his talent level... And like we said, what is it? It, it? It's an innate ability. You, you're born with it. And whether you, you work hard and, and nurture it to everything it can be and wring every ounce out of your ability remains to be seen. So no one knows whether they have or not. And the, the thing what, what I took from the pair of those, and it's weird that you mentioned Mervyn King. Hmm. Mervyn said last week, there's only uh, so much fishing and golf you can do on your own. Mm. Uh, because he need needs to get away from the game because he plays so often. Joe still finds he needs to get away from the game even though he doesn't play as often as Merv. So there is that that parallel there of, of do you know what? It can't be all darts. It just can't be. Yeah, it can't that... be. You, the, you're you're aiming at the same target, and it uh, a board looks the same no matter what what sponsored brand it is and the darts are the same and you're throwing the same and it can become monotonous uh but you've got to do what you've got to do there's no right or wrong way here yeah i mean i didn't i knew that joe was uh, he could be a perhaps not work as hard as other people I didn't realise quite how much that he'd probably prefer it if he was gifted in another sport Alan Tabbin's the one who made me think he made me think of because I've heard Tabby say in the past he didn't really like darts and I don't think his love for it grew particularly but he still found himself in the top 10 he got dragged down the pub by his brother I think who was dead keen on darts and it turned out he was just really good at it and because he was really yeah. good he played and he won things and winning things is fun even if you're not not you know massively into it and have a love of the game and and Tabern, I mean you know, yeah he was a top player back in back in your day certainly um and an inspiration for the likes of Michael Smith and Chizzy or whoever up around that part of the world and yet he's he's like sort of Tim from the office sort of trapped in a job that he doesn't particularly like I was sort of expecting Joe Cullen <laughs> to turn up and he's, he's put Michael Smith's darts in a jelly or something just to break the monotony it's a strange one having to try and be the best in the world if you're not really have that passion that some of your competitors do yeah well I, it, it is odd but I'll tell you what it, it actually thinking about it Dan it's more common than I think we think you now, reckon this is, I think this is kind of funny. Uh, it wasn't funny at the time. Wesley Harms, who before the BDO folded, it, mm. he made it to the, the BDO world number one, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Well, back in back in the day, uh, when he was playing at the, the Grand Slam of Darts at, at the Civic in Wolverhampton, 
Sky Sports said to me, Wayne, would you uh, would you go down to Cleveland Arms and, and interview Wesley Arms? He's playing whoever tonight. I went, yeah, sure. So there he was. He was sitting with uh, Tony O'Shea and Daryl Fitton and a few of the others because it was massive darts pub. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I've, great pub. Inter- it's not far I've from in- me, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I've interviewed Wesley Arms, and he said, oh, uh, "Thanks for that." And I was like, "Good luck, good luck." Okay, right. And we kind of parted ways. But when I say parted ways, we've just like walked away. You know what it's like interviewing mm-hmm. players. Then you you just walk away and, and and you kind of give it thanks for that. So anyway, as we're, we're walking away, he's gone. Uh, I said, I appreciate your time, Wesley. Thank you. And he's looked up on the wall and there's a picture of me beating Taylor, me beating Barney in the match play, uh, me beating Michael Van Gerwen in the match play. Oh, that's what, that's why you like this love pub. <laughs> they love me in the pub. They love me in the pub, right? They love me. No, but this this is this is what stands out. Now, Rod Studd's now uh, loitering about. So is O'Shea. So is Fitton. Wesley Harms turns to me as as cool as you like. And he still had his, like, mittens on. You know, the, the ridiculous milkman's gloves he wears. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, he had those on, right? He had those on. He's looked at all these photos and he went, I, I didn't know you played darts. <laughs> now this was Dad, this was about this was 2013, 14. I said I went, are you kidding me? He went, no. And this is where I, I come back to to not being that interested. He went, I never watched darts. I don't really like it. Amazing. I was like, wow. Amazing. Right, okay. Did he give it the big well, I am then? And... Did you just go, yeah. listen up, son. I'm a five-time World Championship semi-finalist. I've competed and participated in more Premier Leagues than you've had at dinners. And I think you'll find in about eight years' time, I'll be the co-host of one of the least successful darts podcasts in the world. You listen to the Good Darts Podcast. <laughs> I, I, I was taken aback, I've got to say, but O'Shea, Fitton and Stud were... Not literally pissing themselves, but they they were on the cusp, and I, I was I was so uh, I was distraught at this point, and I, I didn't come back with anything. I, I didn't give it the big, and I, I could I ain't, I ain't got that in me. I'm not like that. And do you know what? I, I walked away uh, with if I could have got my head between my legs and no one recognised me because I I would have been like twenty stone at the time. I, I'd have done so. But Amazing. I couldn't. Anyway, it, it was. He does not. Didn't watch darts. He had no idea. No idea. Sorry, don't watch it. Have no idea who you are. Well, oh. I mean, oh, okay. he's kind of brought right. that into his PDC career because he got his tour card at the start. We haven't seen him for most of it. So I tell you, what, we'll see if we can get hold of Wesley Harms at some point because who knows? He might be. He, he might have just give it, wandered off and given up completely. Uh, but I'm sure he'll come on the Good Darts podcast because I'm sure he's a big fan of Wayne Mardle, whoever the hell he is. Wayne Mardell, a commentator on Sky. What a ticket. Hey, Wayne. What an empty. Well, that makes me the bad person. <laughs> there's bad and there's bad. If nobody likes it, do one. Wayne Mardell, Rod Hanton, Mark Webster. This is the thing you use last, right? You sit and you watch that. Think about what you said. Get all your facts right. Being mad well. What an umpty. Right, we've not had a chance to do anything specific for the PDC Picks app since the World Championship, but it is back, so if you've not downloaded it, go and do so. Have a look. There's 500 quid prize pool for a free-to-enter tournament for the Masters. That's 300 quid cash if you win it. Uh, so we're going to go through the top half of the draw for the Masters on this week's show. Uh, the bottom half next week. We'll try and do that on Thursday. Uh, so you have all the info ready for the start of the Masters at Milton Keynes. Going to start with the top half, as I say, because if you start with the bottom... It's like undressing. If you start with the bottom half, you're a psychopath. Um, right. We are going to start with... <laughs> Joe Cullen, guest on the podcast this week. Wayne, Joe Cullen taking on Stephen Bunting. What do you reckon? Bunting, semi-finalist at the World Championship on the crest of a wave. Joe Cullen, I mean, still a lot of credit from his World Championship campaign, even though it ended in that agonising defeat to MVG. Yeah, uh, if if this draw comes out, put it this way, if this tournament Mm. is played before the World Championships, you'd say Cullen all day long, wouldn't you? But probably now yes. 
now it's not so easy to to predict that i i, I really like bunting the way he played in the world and forget about i'm gonna say forget about the semi-final but you can't I, it's the way he played it's mm. it was consistent it was very very good but what i was most impressed at was his form under pressure under pressure he was magnificent and do you know what Probably under pressure, there was no one better than him other than Price. Mm, because under yeah. pressure, that man was just a, a colossus. He, he was a, a man mountain. Maybe Bunting might be just that little bit more up for it, which can be a, a silly comment to make. Whereas Joe is just, Joe's just being Joe and he could end up like top 12 by the end of the year, which would be great for him, but still maybe underperforming a bit. Mm. Odd one for me. This it is. It's a tricky one. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna side with Joe just because I've got him on the podcast, and I think it'd be a kick in the nuts if I get welcome to the podcast. I'm gonna predict you're gonna lose straight away. But I do think it's a very, very difficult one to call. I'm gonna go for Cullen. You're edging for the bullet, I guess. What? Do no, you it's make? best of eleven. I... Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, best of eleven. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. So if you're playing on the PDC Picks app, uh, then we don't know. (laughs) Click the don't know option to see if it wins you any money. Uh, Joe Cullen. Yeah, click the pass. Pass. In absence of any prediction from Sky Sports' top pundit, uh, we are going to just go go with Joe Cullen for PDC TV's third best Uh, commentator. Right, Michael Smith versus Adrian Lewis. Uh, what do I you make know. of that? <laughs> gonna have a uh, lot of no, this. I know, I know this one. I know this one. I've seen it before. Um, mm. it, do you know? I'm I'm staggered out here, and, and I, I, we know he's been dropping down the rankings. But Adrian Lewis, the 24th best player in the world. What is all this about? Yeah, I know. Uh, you get the feeling when, this when is, is a is big it? year for him, isn't it? I know do this you know isn't what, a mate, ranking you've tournament. Read me mind. Yeah, massive game. It's a massive game for him. And like, I, I think Michael Smith beats him quite easily because Smith just plays and some days he's good enough and, and some days he's not. But even when he's not, I, I I don't think he'll lose to Adrian Lewis. Adrian just looks, he looked awful at the Worlds. It, it, I, I was doing the game. I was commentating on his game. And you know when you're looking for positives for another human being all the yeah, time? Cool. I was looking for it and I'm thinking... I'm kind of, I've given him a bit more credit than maybe I should here. He needs to, uh, he needs something to happen. And mm. how he's going to make that happen, I don't know. And you, know, you Dan, you've been around darts long enough to know now that one game, uh, one moment can spark someone back into life, can't it? And yeah, he it needs can. something. It can, but I've also been around the game long enough to know that your reputation and past achievements mean absolutely nothing in terms of what you're going to do over I the agree. next couple of years. And you know yeah, that as well yeah. as anybody. But you know, we've seen yeah. the likes of, of Colin Lloyd come and go in this game. And yeah. when Lloydie was winning major titles and being world number one, people would not have predicted that he would have lost his card so quickly i mean it still took a period of years yeah. but ultimately nobody yeah. people would have thought he'd be here right now right as we're speaking yeah. as a player still yeah. somewhere near the top because you just expect that to happen you can you know players who didn't reach number 1 but still top players the you know hammer dropped off the tour and has come back now but where's newton's nowhere to be seen we might see him at q school i don't yeah. know but you know adrian lewis i know that he's a different different level from say where's newton but there's nothing yeah. to stop him going that way if things don't turn no. around because he's going to no. start missing big tournaments. You miss those, and then you really do notice how hard it is to stay in that top 64. Yeah, and, and when he starts, I'm saying when, uh, if he can stop this slide, because what what can happen now, and this kind of happened to me, is that all of a sudden you go out the top 16, you now become on your board on these tour events, Instead of becoming the, the top seed, you're now the second seed. So you've got to beat someone who's playing better than you. Mm. Whereas before, you were the best player. So now there's like, oh, oh, this is a bit of a chore now to even win the board. Well, if he goes outside the top 32, then then you have real problems. Yes. Then Then it becomes... It can feel impossible. Well, it was impossible for me. I just gave up. It was the easiest thing to do. But... <laughs> I I was lucky. I was uh, I had I had things kind of in place, but I I really 
think, and what you just said about big year for Adrian Lewis, uh, I, I agree. I, I so agree. Big game for him. Yeah, and like well, you said, it's not ranked, Dan. It's not ranked, but he, he, don't, he can't care about it. doesn't that. matter. Just winning win games. Money. Winning games is the Correct, way forward. Mate. And look, Absolutely. there are 20, 24 players at the Masters. They've all got various odds with the sponsors about who's going to be champion. Adrian Lewis is the rank outsider at 125 to 1. And I did is not he? think I would see that. <gasps> in, uh, yeah, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I tell you what, it is a very close game to call, and like, I'm siding with Michael Smith in that one as well for the same reason. I, I want to see Adrian have a big year. I just don't know where what sign there is for it. Even when he was playing well last year, and we were talking him up, he still wasn't getting results. It's only really the world match play yeah. where he impressed. Um, Glenn Durrant, Mervyn King. That is an interesting tie because Merv looks so good at the world. Does a look to have finally shaken off? the sort of malaise that he had. And I reckon that he's probably going to be ready to go in 2021. He'll be back to his normal self, I would think, anyway. Yeah, it'd be difficult to beat Glenn, but I have to say, I didn't like the way he played against uh, Dirk. 3-1 up, didn't look like winning, which for someone of Glenn's ability, Mm -hmm. that that was hard to watch, to be fair. Uh, that was it was a bit difficult to watch. I'm, I'm, he looked like he was sapped in confidence. And yeah, like a man I out of the habit Merv... of winning. Yes, yes, very much so. And I think if Merv can get stuck in, bearing in mind it's the best of 11 still, if Merv can get stuck in pretty quickly, uh, Glenn might be swimming against the tide and not like it. And mm-hmm. like you quite rightly just said, out of the habit of winning. It was only October. He was the Premier League champ. How we all unravels. It's quite well, staggering. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I think he will be back to his normal self. And I, I think perhaps it came a little bit too soon. We, we, we've we oscillated between Dozer's not going to play well to old Dozer's back to old Dozer's just lost during the World yeah. Championship. Um, so yeah. uh, it's, it's a process, isn't it? Getting back to consistent form. And that takes a little bit of time. And one thing that you can't level at Glenn Durrant is that he's you can't say that he's lazy. He will be putting the time in. He posts all his you know practice games with Gabriel Clemens that he's playing um, yeah. online. I think he'll be ready. And I, I'm tending to verge the man who is a Premier League champion, right? you know, reigning major champion. So I, I think he's yeah. probably going to get the job done against Merv, although I do think it's a very interesting game. You reckon Merv's going to do it though, yeah? 6-5, yeah. Yeah, Glenn's going to miss one dart at 32 off 109 in the last leg. Uh, you know what? I love it when you make really, really specific predictions because it's a lot better than when you just go, oh, I don't know. Oh, those somebody will win us. But yeah. Oh, Dan, yeah. Dan I, I just don't know, mate. I, I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> Thanks, George Noble. Uh, right. The uh, last first round game in this half of the draw is Ian White versus Mencior Suljevic. Um, which way is this going to go? Now, bearing in mind that when we were talking about the Masters a couple of weeks ago, and there is this Premier League spot available, and we both decided that the funniest outcome is that White and Ratajski make the final and <laughs> one of them wins and they have to be given a Premier League spot even though the PDC probably don't want to give it to them. I think yeah. Ian White is going to do it, and that might just be coloured by the fact that I want that to happen. Yeah, I, I, I actually think he's he's a better player than Mencia Sulevic right now. I you, you remember, obviously, that you've got one of those identic memories, Dan, where I've, I've been saying for the last few months that Mencia is is looking uh, unhappy with his game. He doesn't mm-hmm. like the sport. And I think he's nearer the end and the start of his career and all this, this nonsense that I, I <laughs> go on about. But I, I just watch him play and he, he doesn't play with fun anymore. He just doesn't. He... he he used to smile and, you know, when he, he was like, he'd look so happy, wouldn't he? I, I haven't mm. seen that. I haven't seen that. And do you know what? I, I so want Ian White to do well for, for all the reasons you stated. And, and do you know what? It is, what, what is he now? He's got to be 950, hasn't he? He, he, he has to be. Yeah, mid-late 40s. Is, is he 50 Yeah, now? yeah. You know what? You know what? I, I think he's 49 or 50. I, I want to say he's 47. 
Shall we play Ian White higher or lower? I'm saying 47. Are you going higher than 47 or lower than 47? Oh, he's higher. He's, he's higher. Oh, you're right. <laughs> he's yeah, older he is, than 47. He is 50. He is 50. But if you take right, that, that's, yeah, that's yeah. his physical age. His mental age is much, much lower and brings his aggregate <laughs> age down. <to, laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, he is 50. You're right. Uh, he's running out of time. And, and whilst we've seen brilliant sort of 60 year olds play play the game and 55 year olds uh ala phil taylor and what have you but i i think ian white needs to get to a semi-final final really really quickly and this year i i think it has to be done it has okay. to be done he's still got the ability he's still got it he's still got it he, he beats mensur he annihilates mensur 6-1 Okay, well, look, I, th I think Ian White's going to win that one as well. Let's f let's focus on this top half of the draw because we'll do the same with the bottom half in next week's show. Um, so we've got Cullen Bunting, the winner of that, goes through to play, play Gerwin Price. Uh, Michael Smith, A.D. Lewis, the winner of that play is Gary Anderson. Uh, Glenn Durrant, Mervyn King is up against Rob Cross. And then White yeah. Sullivich, the winner of that, faces Nathan Aspinall. Out of all of those, where do you see the entertainment and who do you see ultimately coming through it? I mean, we could have a repeat of the World Championship final in the quarterfinals with Gerwin Price and Gary Anderson, assuming yeah. that somebody like Smith or Bunting or Colour Adrian Lewis doesn't cause an upset along the way. I have to say, I think Price is going to be very difficult to stop, but I think maybe Michael Smith might be the man who can do it in the, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I... I don't fancy Gary. I don't fancy him to beat Michael Smith. If he plays Adrian Lewis, he's had a result. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I see Michael Smith being the one, like you said, in, in the quarterfinals to maybe take an out Price. And the big boys, when I say the big boys, the top eight seeds, they're coming in when it's best of 19 as well. Yeah. 19. It's going to be a real a real tough ask of, of the... The lesser lights saying that whoever wins out of King and and Durant, I fancy them to beat beat the number four seed Rob Cross anyway. Yeah, the world uh, number four Rob Cross, uh, and we say it's a big year for Adrian Lewis, who is world number twenty four. Yeah. It's a big year for Rob Cross, who is world number four, but. That's because he's got the world match play and the European Championship prize money sat in his ranking right now. And he can see in the very near future that all of that money is about to drop off and he's going to just go straight down the rankings unless he gets his act together. Now, was 2020 an aberration for Rob Cross and he's going to go back to his normal self that we'd seen him play before that? Or is this just the sign of a, a bit of a slump for him? It's an impossible question. I realise that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, he can play well and and dismantle players. He can play poor and win match plays. He's he's a bit of a freak of a dart player, Rob Cross, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, he can look so average, and you're watching him play. He's snatching the darts left, right, and centre, and you're thinking this is horrendous. And he leaves the, the, the board after winning like 6-4 with a 98.41 average. And you're thinking, what? <laughs> how, how did this happen? But you're right. He's lacking, I think he's, he's lacking wins as well, you know. It, he's finding it really difficult. Really difficult to close out a game. And there are so many times when he goes for doubles that they are so far away. The darts are coming out the hand wrong more often than... Then I'm, I'm going to say any player in the top 16, maybe even top 32. He's mm. definitely got confidence issues, uh, but he always says the right thing, Rob, doesn't he? Always, always. And I, I kind of want to believe him, but I, but I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I think to, he's. It's got I, to I the point where the only way you believe it is by seeing the results of it, and you know, it's, you right. give your players a period of grace, and ultimately, he is still the world number four. Um, so it's it's certainly an interesting one. I think he will have his hands full with whoever comes through that Glenn Durrant Mervyn King match. What about Nathan Aspinall's chances this year? I mean, he's world number five. He looked absolutely spectacular at the start of last year, and even though he made the Premier League final and he he played some decent stuff, he just wasn't making much of an impact in the second half of the year. Do you think we go back to seeing the proper? Nathan Aspinall for the start of 2021. If we do, I think we've got a very exciting prospect on our hands. Well, he's changed his darts, hasn't he? Oh, I didn't realise that. He's, yeah, he has. He was, I was, 
I'm sure he did an interview with Dave Allen from the PDC and he, he mentioned about changing his darts and they're, they're, they're very different to what he, he normally throws. Now, that that in itself is admitting that oh, I'm struggling. Uh, all right, if you're Ian, uh, if you're Peter Wright, you can kind of do what you like, or Phil Taylor, or or even Gary Anderson to that point. But I, I, I think he's he's struggling. I really do. And has he regressed, Dan, to to the mean, or was that spell that we saw for for basically a year was that the outlier? I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really still have know. I still have faith. I have to say. I think that even when he's, uh, he knows himself. He wasn't happy with his form and how he was playing uh, for the second half of the year, and yet still made the final of the Premier League, which isn't bad going to be That's honest. That's how good uh, he is, though. That's yeah. how good he is. Well, exactly, exactly. He's there are so going to be good. peaks and troughs in form for any player. Even Michael Van Gerwen, even Phil Taylor had peaks and troughs yeah. in form. Uh, but I think that Nathan's shown for long enough that he's got a consistently high level for us to be thinking that he's world number five for a reason and that he can stay there. Um, I do think that he's going to have his hands full with Ian White, though. And although normally I'd be back in the asp, it's not as funny as if Ian White goes all the way to the final from the top <laughs> half of this group. So that's it. Sorry, Nathan. I mean, all the best. And I've just checked. You have got new darts, apparently. I don't know what they look like. I'll find out soon. Uh, we'll all find out soon. We'll find out at the Masters. Uh, but next week, we'll take you through the bottom half of the draw. So then you'll have all the information available if you get on the PDC Picks apps. Uh, remember, if you go on there, uh, it's free to play a lot of their tournaments. You can win actual cash money as well, either by listening to our tips or, more likely, just coming up with your own. Because Wayne, I mean, he's just abstaining from some of them anyway. Uh, however, if you no, are just playing... just the one. Just the one, yeah. I mean, the one. <laughs> four first-round games we've done, that's still 25% of them that you've done. But anyway, uh, it matters that's not. Anything point. to add, Wayne, before we leave it? Dan, I, I, I just don't know anything anymore. <laughs> That's all we need. Uh, but if you are getting involved on the PDC Picks apps, uh, then you've got to be 18 years old, resident in the UK. Terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. If you don't, uh, then, I, I don't know, Wayne will just come around and prevaricate in your house. You'll ask him a question and he'll just go, oh, I don't know, for, for eons and eons and your life will be wasted. But if you're a friend that's problems with gambling, visit begamblerware.org.